0: It's Friday, March 23rd, 2018, and you are tuned into the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, powered by thegorillaposition.com and presented by Hami Media. On today's show, Rick and I are breaking down the road to WrestleMania, talking a little bit in New Japan and Ring of Honor, but before we dive in, it's my obligation to tell you this is a podcast by the fans, for the fans bringing you all the news It is news from across the professional wrestling world. You can find the show on Twitter at HTMPWPod, on Facebook at HittingTheMarks, shoot us an email at HittingTheMarks at gmail.com. My name is Jargo, but in the 309, they call me Myrta. I am joined, as always, alongside my tag team partner, Huckleberry number one, RBV. Rick, welcome back to your show. It's me, it's me. It's that R of the B to the V. Great to be back here again,
1: and you know we're getting out a little a little late this week, but it is with good reason to let everybody know out there. And a very special congratulations to you and your beautiful wife, Carly. Uh, happy anniversary, bud!
0: Well, well, well not clo- not quite. You almost got oh. it right. You almost well, got it right. What, what do we have? What do we have? Uh, it was actually Carly's birthday yesterday. Birthday. Um, our anniversary is uh, December twelfth. Oh, of, okay. Uh, so
1: I was working under the assumption you had the anniversary going on, the the birthday. So. No, so you really didn't do anything here. This is this is for her. Yeah, this is this is all about. A belated, her, man. A belated birthday to this your is, very beautiful wife, Carly.
0: Yes, it, this this is all about her. Unfortunately, on my wife's birthday, I didn't want to just sit on a set of headphones and talk to Rick. So you're getting the show a day late this week. Um, funny enough, though, this is actually a true story. Uh, Carly and I got married at five twelve p.m. on twelve twenty one twelve. Exactly twelve hours after the world was supposed to end. Wow. Okay, so. Carly and Jargo got married. Carly and Jargo got married. The world has is officially fucking over. Was that like a coincidence or, no, or was that, that was
1: like
0: in the, in the plans? 100% planned. 100% planned. Well, we, let's talk about something that I think is 100% planned, but we're not entirely sure. Rick, it's time to jump on the road to WrestleMania. And boy, did we jump in the fast lane this week. We are on the road to WrestleMania, and we got traffic merging left. We got traffic merging right. And at the head of the pack is Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan is back. Rick, uh, I actually woke up to this news Tuesday. I had a a text message from uh, Sydney, my 14-year-old, that simply was a a screen capture of her notification from WWE Network. I know uh, I woke up to a message from you that simply said, check the news. What was your initial thought when you first heard Daniel Bryan has been cleared to wrestle? You know, I think like
1: so many other fans out there, you know, that initial thought—you were just kind of in maybe in a little bit of disbelief, uh, but more so in a great deal of awe. Uh, I mean, this is over-the-top news. You know, you were talking about—you know, yes, we are on the road to WrestleMania, but it has been a very slow pace. It's almost almost been like you know. We're, we're just not even in cruise control that we're just kind of an idol and just kind of just rolling along Uh, this definitely business picked up here with the announcement that Daniel Bryan will be returning to the to in ring action, or that he has been cleared We don't exactly know what the plans are yet, uh, but they do seem to be that the plan is laying out in front of us But yeah, this was one of those moments where you know, the internet just e- erupts and I think, you know, it was a great deal of positive emotion from the fans. They're, they're just happy for one Daniel Bryan. Uh, and more so that we actually have something now to invest in. And there's something interesting or truly over-the-top interesting about WrestleMania this year.
0: Okay, now let me ask you this question. And I mean this in the most serious way. Has Daniel Bryan ruined this year's WrestleMania? Let, let, let me elaborate a little bit. When I When I look at this WrestleMania card and I see Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar, I don't care. I see AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura, I don't care. John Cena, Undertaker, don't care. Charlotte Asuka, don't care. This is a a packed WrestleMania. But as I look down this card, the moment, and we all know WWE is all about moments now, the moment of this WrestleMania isn't even going to be the match. It is going to be Daniel Bryan in his gear making his entrance that is going to be the moment that everybody is going to be talking about come monday morning has is, is all the attention going to go on Brian now to the point where we don't even care about wrestlemania it's the daniel bryan show well
1: you know the, the timing of this announcement and his return is quite interesting uh, and you know especially i mean we're going back to you know one of the most memorable wrestlemania moments of all time and it happened in new orleans and it was when daniel bryan you know, went over Randy Orton and Batista and became the undisputed WWE champion, world Heavy or however they were going by back then. I mean, but that moment, I mean, that will last in the minds of fans. I mean, I mean, we're talking decades. That's going to be one of the top moments there. And now we're kind of coming full circle. You know, we're back in New Orleans. Brian is finally returning to the ring or, you know, expecting him to be in the ring after two years. I think most certainly this is going to steal the show. This has become the focal point. And, I, and as you were talking about, you know, we, we have some of these great matchups on paper, but there has been little build. They give us nothing to invest in. And and I hate to say this. I think, you know, the the rub they were looking for from, from Rousey, it's not quite there. It's not getting the hype they expected. They needed to kind of throw a Hail Mary here, you know, with only a couple of weeks to go to really save this thing.
0: Well, let's let's talk about the Hail Mary that was. Um, I, I guess the place to start would be quite possibly the single happiest moment I've ever had as a pro wrestling fan, and that would be watching that promo from Tuesday night. That might be the best promo I've ever seen because it was real. You didn't have to try to find the emotion. You didn't have to suspend disbelief. That was 100% real, real. Raw emotion. What did you think of the promo? What did you think of the open to SmackDown? Was it too much? Was it not enough? Were you happy with it? I've heard some people say, oh, my God, it just went on and on and on. And it's like, dude, the, the guy just got cleared after two years.
1: Yeah, you know, to, to any of those fans that, that are kind of using that uh, as a reason to downplay the significance or how great this was, you know, shame on them. Uh, that that might be one of those cases where you might need to consider handing in your fan card. Uh, like you said, this was raw emotion. This is what we really want. This is, and it, you know, it just wasn't you know excitement and happiness. I mean, it took you through the full gauntlet of of you know emotion. You know, there was ups and downs and twists and turns. It, it was such an incredible moment for him there, and I I'm going to, you know, we we knock them so much, but you know, when credit is Credit where credit's due. I like how they handled this during the show. You know, it wasn't all about, you know, they. we knew that this is what everyone was tuning in for. This was the moment we wanted. They give us that great speech at the beginning, but then they keep us holding on through the show for a bigger
0: payoff with him. SmackDown hit a 1.9 this week. That's the highest rating in about a year now, since April 11th of last year. So, welcome back, Brian. Uh let, let let's talk about what happened in the ring and then we'll take a, a little bit more of a macro look at Brian here. Um let us let, talk about the Sammy and Owens obviously. Brian comes out at the end of the show, fires Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens then proceed to beat the ever loving hell out of Brian. Um I I've, I've heard a little bit of debate uh from some of our pundits here at the Hameen Media Network that they should have went Brian up on this show. I immediately said, okay, that was a great feel-good promo. Now it would be absolutely fantastic if Zane and Owens just left him laying in the middle of the ring tonight. That's exactly what they did. Well, not necessarily in the middle of the ring. Um, they, they've got three weeks to build this program. I understand this is the return of Daniel Bryan. You could put him in there with Kurt Hawkins. It doesn't matter. People are going to tune in to see this thing. It's not like this program necessarily needed heat. But what did you think of the Owens insane attack on Brian at the end of SmackDown?
1: Hey, you know what? I really enjoyed this. You know, again, credit where credit's due. This was well put together. Uh, I am I, with you. You know, I think you want to kick this program to the next level because you know what? You know, we knock them for a lot of times for not having these, you know, these put together, long, drawn out stories. Well, we've had that here. You know, granted, it's had, you know, it's ups and some very lows, but they've stuck with it. And now we're getting a payoff and to take it to the next level, you really have to split those lines because, you know, coming into this, you know, it was always, you know, where does, where does Brian stand? You know, what is, what are his real thoughts there on Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn? You know, how is this all going to fall in line? This sort of, you know, drew that line in the sand for us. And I. I especially like how they went about it. You know, it, it wasn't really that, you know, that Brian was taking a hard stance. Like, no, I am against you or I am for you. I, and I liked how they even, you know, they brought into play how he lost his job. It was over a, a, just a, an over-the-top vicious attack on a WWE. Uh, not to say an official, but a non-performer, in-ring performer. You know, it Was a was Justin Roberts? Yep. So, you know, he attacked someone in that kind of role. And it cost him his job. Last week, we see Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, you know, viciously attack Shane McMahon, and now they're going to. It's going to cost them their positions with the company. They are going to be let go. But you know, he tries to. He gives that warm advice going forward. Hey, you know, this happened to me. This is a tough decision. People in management have to make these hard calls. But you guys will be fine. You'll come back stronger than ever. You're going to have another opportunity. You know, take this as You know, it's it's something to learn from and grow from.
0: Are you one of these people that when you watch a movie, you enjoy Easter eggs? Not really. Not really. Did the WWE? We we, we talk a lot about Kayfabe 2018. I thought they did a really, really nice one on this one. Uh, Both Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn have been moved to the alumni section of the WWE dot com.
1: Well, and I was going to say, you know, I was going to bring that up here That. I don't know about what Zane has done, but I've seen that Kevin Owens, he has switched his Twitter handle back to Kevin Steen.
0: Yep. Fight, Steen, fight. Uh, it, it'd be better if it was kill, Steen, kill. But, you know, it's we, we got to keep it a little PG. Right. Um, but this is one of those things where it's, it's an Easter egg, guys. That's what it is. It's one of those things that for the diehard fans, we can look at it and go, oh, that's awesome. They're not trying to work you. It's kayfabe 2018. We all know what's going on here. But damn, that's cool. I like that. That was, that was that was a nice little touch. We always say that, you know, the details make it. These are the details. I think that would, would be great uh, coming up this weekend
1: if we get some viral footage of those two showing up on an
0: independent show. It's interesting how they're, how they're kind of handling this. If you look at Kevin Owens' uh, Twitter feed, Kevin Owens is pissed off. Kevin Owens is ready to move on. He's pissed off. Screw you guys! Take away my dreams. You look at Sammy Zane's profile, and it's oh my god! I just lost my dream job. Like he's playing the sad guy. Owens is the pissed off guy. It's it's an interesting dynamic. I I very much like what they're doing here. Uh, My only question now: Well, you even you got that vibe too when Brian told them that.
1: Yeah, you could immediately tell that you know that Sammy was more of you know.
0: Okay, I get tears. it. Okay, I get it. It you sucks, know, his but world, I get His it.
1: world is crumbling down, or immediately you could just look at Kevin and go, okay, he is not a happy camper, and he he's at his boiling point.
0: Totally forgot where I was going to go with that, coming out of that. God damn it. I hate it when that happens. It'll come back to me. Uh, So let's talk a little bit more about Brian and the macro here. What do you see Brian's role as now? And I'm going to give you a couple of options. Do you want to see Brian return to the ring full time? Do you want to see Brian return to the ring on the Brock Lesnar schedule? Do you want to see Brian return to the ring on the Shane McMahon schedule where he only wrestles like once or twice a year? Or do you want to see him just stay as the general manager of SmackDown and he only wrestles when there's a need to wrestle. How do you, how do you want to see WWE kind of handle this? Well, this is one thing that was,
1: that I find very intriguing. You know, everyone's kind of with reason, every, you know, fans are excited. They, they want to run with this, you know, all the possibilities and, you know, we're seeing you know the, the potential dream matches within WWE ring. You know, wh- what does this mean for the top of the card? Is he going to be chasing one of the major championships? From where I'm sitting, I just want to sit back and wait. Let's let this thing play out. Let's get an official announcement to see, you know, what plans they actually have for him going forward. You know, we just had some news break that you know part of why they finally cleared him is Daniel Bryan has agreed. That every time he goes out there and takes a series of serious bumps, he has agreed to undergo extensive testing. So they are going to keep an eye. He's going to be watched like a hawk. You know, like
0: He needs to be because I'm afraid Brian is the kind of person from everything that I've read about Daniel Bryan that he loves this business so much that at this point, if he has to take an aspirin for a headache, he ain't telling nobody.
1: Yeah, so I'm, I'm just kind of working now. I don't think we're going to see. I, th- I think what we're probably going to get from him is something, as you were talking about, the Shane McMahon role. They know how important it is to have him on television. The guy is over like crazy. No matter what he does, people love Daniel Bryan.
0: It's ridiculous how over Bryan still is. And,
1: and they'll continue to tune in for him. So, and he is good. You know, he is pretty good in his role there. I think they'll continue him there. I I wouldn't be so surprised. Maybe if they do pull him back a little bit, so that when he does reemerge now, it 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 has that significance. You know, there's that much more importance that we know he's probably pushing to get back in the ring.
0: Let's say, for the sake of argument, Daniel Bryan comes back full time. Daniel Bryan is going to be a full-time talent again. He's going to do house shows. He's going to be on TV every week. What does this do to AJ Styles and Roman Reigns? And I say AJ Styles and Roman Reigns specifically in that they are the two lead babyfaces on Raw and SmackDown. Does this push them down the card? Or is, is Bryan more that special attraction kind of Brock Lesnar-ish role? That's not going to actually affect the depth chart on the roster.
1: I really think in, and believe me, I, I am of you know the mindset that you know Brian was intentionally held down. he has been kept away because of the Roman agenda. I don't think that's going to change uh, at least for the time being.
0: I think that entire conspiracy theory is just ridiculous. No, I, I, I think it, no,
1: they are so determined that Roman is their direction that they would sacrifice potential good business for their own egos and and their own wants and needs. Well, let's let's talk about it. I do. I do think going forward though, I, I think you got two huge money matches. I think you have to have at, at SummerSlam. You have to go. If it's possible, you go with Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles. And I think if you really want to set off just an absurdly hot WrestleMania program is you, you have it penciled in right now for Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns next year at
0: WrestleMania. Uh, I, I, I would use Daniel Bryan as a get-out-of-jail-free card. We, we, we've been kind of talking maybe it's too late to turn Roman Reigns. You know, we, we should have done this three years ago. Maybe now we've got another three years. We've got AJ Styles. We've got Daniel Bryan. I think this is a get out of jail free card. Roman Reigns isn't going to be as over as Daniel Bryan. We all know that. So it's time to turn his ass heel. We've got Bryan for at least three years if he can resign. There's no reason. Can you imagine heel badass champion of the universe Roman Reigns versus every man Daniel Bryan and how much fucking money they would make with that? Oh, you know, it would be, you couldn't print the money fast enough for him. God
1: damn. Well, and this goes back, you know, is over on the Hami Media Group platform. You and I were talking about Monday in the locker room. You had laid out potential rivals for Roman going forward. And almost, you know, going down that list to a T, each scenario worked better with Roman as the heel.
0: Yeah, this is, Uh, but this is the epitome of it right here.
1: Well, yeah. In this case, if, I mean, this is you've got some nuclear heat. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm. This is probably going to go, you know, go back to when Hulk Hogan turned his back on the Maniacs and joined the New World Order kind of heat.
0: Yeah, and this is the epitome of it here. Uh, you, you say you want you would do Brian and AJ in Brooklyn. I, I, I without, without question, I would not hesitate for a second.
1: Pull um, the trigger on
0: that. I can make you hesitate for a second. You ready? Miz and Brian. That's the fucking money. Give me Miz and Brian in Brooklyn. I, I, I no. I
1: still think you're you're bigger. The bigger draw, and this and Miz would be a, a great. And that I mean that's going to have to happen.
2: Oh um, yeah, you know, we has un- to happen.
1: We've got some unfinished business there, but I'm am telling you, it, which would would set off the WWE universe. Would be Brian and Ha inside that inside a WWE ring.
0: The one thing that pissed me off Tuesday: Why in the world did we not get a Miz and Brian backstage encounter? We know Miz was in the building; he was doing Mixed match challenge right after SmackDown. How do you miss that chance? You have Miz and Brian in the same building the night that Daniel Bryan comes back, and you don't even have Miz come up and congratulate him. That's that's a huge missed opportunity. Bad on WWE on that one. Uh, one one more thing I wanted to touch on when it comes to Brian here, Rick. Which return is better, Daniel Bryan's or HBK's? Do you remember when HBK came back?
1: Yeah, I, I do. But I, I've, I, man, this this might be a little controversial take on my on my part. You know what? I was never a big HPK fan. Really? I never really cared for the guy. I I, I recognize how great of a talent he was. I I'd never really, I was never over the top into it. I never really cared about the character, you know, as, you know, beginning in the mid nineties, when I started discovering, you know, like the real dirt sheet stuff where we were really learning about these individuals, uh, you know, that's when he was just that I mean he was the ultimate douchebag in the business.
0: Yeah, but by Sean's own accounts, he was not the easiest person to get along with in the mid nineties. And,
1: and and I think, you know, because that side of the business was becoming real to me at that time, uh, that also that put a sour taste in my mouth. And for whatever reason, and I I know how amazing he is and I know how many people out there have him ranked you know, amongst the the best of all time and yada yada yada. I never really cared for him so easily. Daniel Bryan for me.
0: Well, I I think it's an obvious comparison. And and I've heard the comparison in a couple of places at this point. To me, here's the difference. I never thought Sean was coming back. I thought for sure that Sean was done. Sean was gone gone for, what, four years? Yeah, somewhere, yeah. I never thought Sean Michaels was coming back. Daniel Bryan, I think there's always kind of been that little glimmer of hope. Well, even if...
1: No, even if we believed he would never wrestle in a WWE ring.
0: We knew he was coming back.
1: He was coming back at some point. It was just a matter of where and for which promotion outside of WWE.
0: Let's let's move on to something else this week that was almost as awesome as Daniel Bryan's return to the WWE. And that would be the Ultimate Deletion's debut in the WWE. Uh, Rick, Where did you stand on this thing? I don't think I have seen a a, as much of a polarizing angle as this, except for maybe the House of Horrors, which was basically the ultimate deletion. What what did you think of this whole thing?
1: You know, knowing the history of it, and one thing you know, as you were saying, there's if you go to the internet, you just you've got you've got individuals who absolutely loved it, and you can tell they understood the backstory where this had come from. And then you have that good portion of WWE universe who didn't know what to expect and who hasn't seen this, you know, this type of act before, uh, who wasn't following TNA or impact at the time. And I think it completely went over their heads
0: there. I saw a lot of, uh, quote, WTF. Did I just watch end quote? You know what? Knowing what we
1: were getting into, I, I thought it was okay, you know. There were I, there was some some great you know mo you know some great pop moments in there. Uh, there were some that you know wasn't necessarily maybe the pop you're looking for. It was you know, and it kind of summed up what this entire episode of Raw was.
0: It was so cheesy, it was enjoyable. I I very much enjoyed it, but I I realized as I was watching it, this would be like the equivalency of you and I sitting down when you're here over WrestleMania weekend. And me forcing you to watch The Hunger Games, because by your own admission, you've never seen The Hunger Games. But we are going to start halfway through the second movie. And you are going to sit there and you are going to be completely confused and wonder what the fuck's going on. Who are these characters? Why are they doing that? I, for for the casual fan who who doesn't know of the broken universe this had to make zero sense well
1: in this case back you know what we what we you know pride ourselves on what we bring to the table is talking about our expertise the promotion behind this thing it was really a head scratcher for me it was god awful they they didn't make any attempt whatsoever to bring the WWE Universe audience up to speed. They didn't introduce these characters at all. You know, they kind of were just you know just run out there, and maybe you got a glimpse of it through social media if you happen to follow, you know, Hardy himself through social media or his family. But you know, the WWE themselves did very little to put this thing over. If you know you were going in this direction, it would have been very easy to. You know, to cut some vignettes from the Hardy compound a few weeks ago and and start explaining what these landmarks are about.
0: Yeah. <laughs> one thing I absolutely could have done without was the, uh, the the supers at the bottom of the screen that told me where we were on the Hardy compound. That's that's the one thing I absolutely could have done without.
1: Yeah, that, that kinda that stood up to me. And I think that was their attempt to try to explain.
0: Yeah, it was, was just going on.
1: I, I can see why, you know, in creating the segment and putting together the footage, uh, I'm, I'm sure, you know, this was, you know, come, you know, this once again came from the mind of Matt himself. Uh, there's word that Jeremy Borash was was involved with it. And my, I guess Michael P.S. Hayes, Hayes is getting credit as the agent or producer.
0: Yeah, which is just asinine. Well, he might have had some, you know had some ideas. That's that absolutely. But if you want to tell me who the producers of of this stuff is, it's Ruby Hardy and Jeremy Borash and Matt Hardy. That's 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 your creative team behind this.
1: When and I see and that's why I'm saying. I see why they put those captions in there. Yeah, because you would have been lost at a few spots if you really were you know up to speed with what's going on. That's why over the class, the course of this last month, it, you know, it would have been cool to have Vanguard you know, doing segments where they're giving us like a Google maps to- tour.
0: Yeah. Oh, that would have been great. That would have been
1: absolutely great. Then you could have got people like, okay, you know, this is kind of cool. And it's really, you know, and you know, they're, and they're very big right now on trying to pick up on, you know, social media trends and different imagery like that. So they could have played into something like that.
0: Well, you talk about social media trends and the number one trend in the United States for hours after Monday night, raw, hashtag ultimate deletion and then wwe turns around and they don't even put it in the hulu cut well i which news is breaking all over the dirt
1: sheets you know i picked it up over at prowrestling.com this afternoon uh, and I've, I've seen some other outlets are you know running with the story and i don't think this is any surprise to any of us out there vince mcmahon expected this to be a a huge bomb He was expecting this thing to just be a complete disaster. Uh, And I think thus why, you know, we didn't have it on Hulu, why there really was no promotion. And I guess apparently they didn't even show this thing in the arena.
0: No, uh, in the live arena, they had a Ronda Rousey segment, which we will talk about a little bit later because that footage was released to WWE.com. They had a Elias concert, which by all means was amazing. Elias had that entire arena eating out of the palm of his hand. He would get up to leave and the crowd would cheer and then he'd come back and the crowd would boo. At a certain point he actually walked out of his spotlight and he'd stick like one finger into the spotlight and the crowd would boo. Like he just had them eaten out of the palm of his hand. Uh, then they got Braun versus Elias. Uh, when that match was over, Kane came out, Braun and Kane brawled for a while and that was the end of the show. They did not show the ultimate deletion inside the venue And there were some very upset people inside the venue who expected to just sit there and watch a video screen for 20 minutes. Who would have thought that people would be upset by that? I'm sure that has to be Vince's train of thought here.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, he was thinking, Oh, you know, we're, we got this live crowd. We don't want them, you know, sitting on it. Well, because they had just seen, you know, seen an audience getting upset over this at Raw 25 when they didn't deliver at the Manhattan center. Yep. Yep. Yeah. You know, so you, you add that on to you know the idea that Vince thought that this was going to be a complete and utter failure. I guess it's no surprise. But I, if I'm sitting in that, if I'm sitting in that audience, believe me, if I was going to that show, the reason I would have been going was to maybe to see what they were going to do
0: with with Bray and, and Hardy. Uh, hourly viewership, uh, just in case you were curious, three point four three four million hour one. million for hour three. So they actually stayed over 3 million viewers for the third hour. Uh, Drop off from first to third was 358,000. 2018 average is 481,000. So they definitely retain viewership better than they have been. So now what do you expect? Are you expecting to see more of this stuff? Are you expecting this to just kind of be the end of it and we don't see it again for God knows how long? Or do you think that... Oh well, this did pretty good. Let's beat this horse as hard as we possibly can for as long as we possibly can, and we end up with an ultimate deletion every two weeks now. Well, I'm gonna say, you know, I,
1: I want this thing as infrequent as possible. Give it, you know, I, I want a special vibe from it. But I wouldn't mind though. Is hey, let's get rid of the uh, the shower curtain promos and the ridiculous, just in ring laughing. And if we're if you're going to cut promos with Hardy. Uh, I want it in this fashion. you know, I want it in this pr- in this production mode. I want to see the compound a little more. Uh, I want to see him traveling through the space time continuum. Uh, I, I, I re- now that you know people are maybe not necessarily overly entertained from the first get-go, but they are interested. you've You've got their attention. Now let's really reel them in here. I want to see more of it. and then when you know when the time need be, then, Then we go to uh, another, maybe not from the compound, but, you know, something else from the mind of Matt, match-wise.
0: Very much enjoying the uh, Matt Hardy social media that's been going on here the last couple of days. Uh, As I said, he won the internet yesterday when he announced that, you know, Monday he deleted Bray Wyatt. And Tuesday, the seven deities rewarded us with Daniel Bryan back. I thought that was absolutely fantastic. Uh, Bray Wyatt now tweeting from the Lake of Reincarnation, simply... Goodbye. What is the future of Bray Wyatt here? Well, see, I
1: know everyone was kind of saying that the timestamp that would have been when he was going into the
0: compound. Okay, so maybe he knew he wasn't coming out. So now we know that. Uh, Well,
1: it could have been some kind of cryptic. You know, he was uh, he didn't know he was entering, too. So it could have been a possible farewell or maybe it means something else from, you know, the twisted mind of the eater of worlds.
0: So the Eater of Worlds disappears into the Lake of Reincarnation. Senior Benjamin cannot find Bray Wyatt's body. Matt declares Bray Wyatt as deleted. I have a feeling this was not the end of this story. I have a feeling this was simply the beginning. W- where are you at with this thing? Uh, I, I I think you're
1: 100% right. You know, this is just a, another twist in the story. So... Uh, and the one thing that does kill me, you know, everyone's kind of jumping on the, the lake of reincarnation that we're going to get Husky Harris. Uh, to me, that would just be like the worst turn ever.
0: Well, here here's the problem with that is how do you do it? Because Husky Harris did not have dreadlocks and he did not have a great big beard. I mean, th- th- this becomes a real problem when you look at the Bray Wyatt character versus the Husky well, Harris character. At, at, that,
1: at that point, you pretty much have just...
0: You know what you what they've kind of been
1: doing over you know the last three or four years. Uh, you've pretty much just killed off the Bray Wyatt character.
0: Have you ever been to Chicago on St. Patrick's Day? Uh, for the
1: Green River.
0: Yeah. You yep. Ever seen that? Yep. How cool would it be if we could dye the lake in, of reincarnation black? Make it look like the soul of Bray Wyatt and Sister Abigail have taken over the Lake of Reincarnation. Uh, I, I could get behind that. I, I I feel like there's something we could do here.
1: Uh, you know, first, like I think it would be pretty cool. Like you get like a maybe like a jet black lake on one of those you know nice clear days when they do their flyovers of it. Uh, the lake goes black, and maybe some kind of visual of Bray himself, like covering the entire water.
2: Yeah.
0: You know, when, when, as we're getting vignettes from inside of the uh, Hardy compound, just weird shit starts happening. I think there's a there's they could do
1: a number of things here that would be interesting. I, and I think, you know, what's what's really cool is you know, we usually see someone submerged in the lake and then they reemerge, you know, you know, reborn, you know, as as a past character or. What, if, what if
0: Bray Wyatt is a force that is so evil that it turns the lake of reincarnation into darkness?
1: Well, you know, I was going to go there. You know, what if then Bray starts, you know, like Sister Abigail has, you know, taken over his soul? Uh, what if he?
0: What if Reeby becomes Sister Abigail?
1: See, there, there we go, man. I was going to say, like Sister Abigail takes over, you know, Reeby's being. And
0: Bray himself takes over Matt's being. Ooh, that would be good stuff. Ooh, yeah, I like that too. I like that too. There's so many. There's so many cool things they could do here. Uh, let, let, let's let's look at one of the other things that's kind of cool and kind of concerning, and that, of course, is the return of Brother Nero. We we get a very brief shot of Jeff Hardy. In uh, the ultimate deletion singing into Bray Wyatt's ear. And that's eventually what disorients Bray so much that Matt can get the pinfall. I, I, I don't think there was any way they could edit this out. I mean, could you do this and have it make sense without Jeff Hardy? And I even wonder, too,
1: if there was a little bit of a rib in there of some sorts. Hmm. Um, I don't I didn't I didn't even think too much of it you know that's what I thought you know it happened so fast and it really didn't it doesn't seem like it's going to have that much of an effect on a story going forward
0: yeah it was just one of those things like this is the finish like how do we edit Jeff out of this we have to have Jeff in this part regardless if they cut him out of anything else and no one's really made that much of a mention
1: within the company about it you know you really haven't seen Matt make it you know a mention of it and it hasn't been like highlighted in you know any of the stories or recaps around this thing.
0: Vanguard one patrolling for uh Michael Cole. That's my new favorite thing on Twitter. It got back to Matt Hardy that Michael Cole buried the ultimate deletion before it aired. And uh now he's now, got see, Vanguard that, 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 one watching that, that, Michael that's
1: Cole. Still, that's still intriguing to me. You know it's uh and I and, you know I for the first things I said to you about this like, I want to give a shout out to uh to our partner in Crime over on the Hami Media group, Andrew Bello. He he was he threw it out there on uh, Wednesday's locker room, as I did to you. Is was it purposely put that way? Because Cole is such a douchebag that yeah. if something, if you want something to be seen as cool, then you want him to be on the exact opposite, you know, train of thought from from anyone else.
0: Which I agree with. I just wish it would have been Coach instead of Mitchell Cole.
1: No, I, I wish they would have. I, what they could have done, because it was so bottom of the barrel, just straightforward with it, it really to me just screamed, you know, you know, just supported the rumors that Vince thought this thing was going to bomb. It just didn't get it himself. It was a Vince McMahon line. Yep. You could, you could have done, you could have, you could have portrayed this in a, in a different direction, where it still is Cole is kind of knocking it or he doesn't get it. You could have put over how bizarre and crazy these guys are. And he understands, like, I don't even know what's going to happen. I don't get this at all. With, without coming out blatantly just saying, uh, sorry
0: if this sucks. Yeah, I, th- I thought that was definitely strong-handed, if nothing else. You, you, know, you know where we really need that disclaimer? Uh, that needs to
1: replace then, now, forever. They should just do the flashing letter, sorry if this show sucks.
0: Yeah, I, at the I, beginning
1: I, of every at the beginning of every episode.
0: Personally, I was thinking that we should have uh, we we should have taken that little Michael Cole thing and moved it to right before the Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar segment. Let's let's talk about Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar and how much it sucked. If you are one of these people, Jersey, I'm looking at you, that enjoyed Roman Reigns beating down three U.S. Marshals, you might just want to skip forward for about on, five hold on. minutes. Hold on. This is, this is the perfect example of this show it was so cheesy. It was so bad. It was entertaining. Well, I mean, this is one of those things for me where it's like, you look at what Daniel Bryan did on Tuesday. That was real. That was emotion that connects with people. Roman Reigns getting suspended last week, walking out through the crowd without any kind of security trying to stop him, basically in his fucking ring gear, he walks up, they hand him a microphone, why would you hand a suspended superstar a microphone, it's just beyond me, then he gets in the ring, dresses down Kurt Angle, who's supposed to be fighting Triple H in a couple of weeks, by the way, the freaking cerebral assassin, you turn Kurt Angle into a goddamn neutered dog... Then you send out the U.S. Marshals. You could have done this with in-house security. I would have been fine with it. You could have done this with cops. I would have rolled my eyes, but I would have been fine with it. U.S. Marshals. Roman Reigns would be fucking dead. Pile of blood laying in the ring.
1: Fucking dead. I wish I would have been a fly on the wall when they were, you know, coming like finalizing this creative direction. Who the uh, because, freaking hell thought this was well, a good you, idea? You know what you know what this is because let's I mean let's look back. You know, Austin beats up you know law enforcement all over. Huge. Uh, wasn't Daniel Bryan handcuffed at one point two and got mm-hmm. beat up, uh, and mm-hmm. he gets over huge. So you know they're thinking here again. Oh, if we can get the sympathy on Roman, man, the crowd's going to really start turning towards him. They're going to really start feeling for him and understanding that yeah, he is here for them. The, the complete, the execution was terrible. the The whole idea behind the concept was terrible, and as I said, it was so bad. Uh, the backfire that resulted made this made this segment entertaining.
0: You know, the the worst part for me, the absolute worst part of this whole thing, was when they put the handcuffs on Roman Reigns, and they don't even know how to cuff him. Like, there's a reason that cops handcuff you. Behind your back. It's so you can't do what Roman Reigns. Did to those three U.S. Marshals.
1: And then. Well even as he, as he's. Before we even get to this point. We go back to when he gets. When he gets uh, suspended last week. What was one of my major. You know gripes about going to the gorilla. Now we know that Vince is there. That's where he sits for the shows. He's there. Yep. I so as he's too. yelling. As he's yelling at Kurt Angle. Well, you go talk to whoever you need to talk to.
0: Well, last week, you just showed us all that Vince McMahon's sitting right there. Yeah. Why don't you just go walking back there, Roman? Obviously, nobody's going to stop you. You can just yes. walk through the crowd. So, so at this point, this is where, you know, you're know, on top of immediately
1: when he – well, at first when he just walked in with the mic, I'm thinking, oh, God, this is just so bad. Then it started getting cheesy. When I knew – we know Vince is there. He's talking down and he's trying to – He's using some of those buzzwords to you know get the you know, well I know here in Dallas, Texas, you know he's trying to get those pops. He's trying yeah. to, even to the rally. cheap
0: pop. The crowd's like, ah, eh, fuck
1: you. He's trying to rally the crowd behind him, and then they just completely all that sympathy that they're because I'm sure that Vince is back there. This is it. They're going to love him. This is going to set. This is going to set him apart. And then we Wrong. get well. And then you know they're chanting, you know, as he's you know they're. They're chanting as he's getting put on a stretcher. You deserve it.
0: <laughs> that,
1: that, I mean, that was. The best I
0: moment. popped so hard for that. I popped so hard for that. Uh, th- then we get to my my single favorite headline on that I wrote for this show: "The Beast beats his dog." Brock Lesnar just beats the ever-loving hell out of Roman Reigns, and the crowd is loving it. The but probably the most pop-worthy moment of this entire beatdown for me. Is when Brock Lesnar comes down. They've got Roman tied to the freaking gurney, and Brock has a hard time tipping it over. I was <laughs> like, are you? We watched Braun Strowman like two months ago throw Roman Reigns off of a loading dock. And Brock Lesnar's having a hard time maneuvering this damn thing down around the ring. He like tries to throw it in to the uh, to the barricade, and like the padding on the outside of the ring just slowed it down, so it didn't work. So he just walks over and tipped the damn thing over. I thought it was hilarious. And
1: then the crowd's reaction—they were just absolutely loving Brock. This guy that they are trying—they're—they're they're just absolute damnedest to get over as as the ultimate heel who doesn't care about the company, doesn't care about the fans, and, and the people are just—they're loving him now. More, you know more than ever it seems.
0: I would have loved to have been inside the gorilla position that night to be sitting there when Vince McMahon says, "Go get him again," like that, like thinking that. Well, if we send Brock back out there, now we're gonna get the sympathy on Roman. And Heyman just standing there go with his head in his hands going, This isn't gonna work, Vince This isn't gonna work. Well, you know, this
1: WWE never learns from their own mistakes and they don't, you know, reference their own history. You know, the last time they tried this with Roman, they went this exact same route. We got the birth of baby Braun.
0: The murder of Roman Reigns will get you over more than anything else in the company right now. Is there really, you know, looking at this thing, you know, they're trying all the classic, the
1: classic angles to try to get some sympathy and get some support behind this guy. Is there anything they could do to get the fans behind Roman Reigns? Have him murder Donald Trump in the middle of the ring.
0: Half the country will cheer that.
1: Uh, hey, hey, you know what? They might have thought that when he was beating up U.S. Marshals, beating up law enforcement. You know, that shit ain't going to fly in Texas, man.
0: Not Especially not in Austin, Texas, where you literally just had, like, those cops getting killed, like, what, within the last year? There's yeah, was, like, I mean, three you, cops down there murdered?
1: Uh, you're running a show up there in Baltimore. They might be cheering the cops getting beat up. Uh, but that ain't going to fly down in, down in Texas. Oh, hell no. Hell no. Uh, yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I don't know what they could possibly do to you know to get this guy over. I mean, what I mean, what would it
0: take? The murder of Donald Trump. I think that's the the, the only solution here. I think that's the only solution. And of course, you know, Trump and Vince are friends, so that's not going to work. So no, no, no. I I, I think I, mean, I think the no, only solution you know, here.
1: Hey, us 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 individuals that put Trump in the White House, you know, we ain't buying that shit.
0: No, I'm. I'm just saying. How do you get Roman Reigns cheered? At this point, that I'm pretty sure that's about the only way that you could get half of the people to cheer no, Roman Reigns. It, it, all right, here's the half of the people. You see the new, the new trend that's going on. Oh, we're 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 going to talk about our precious fucking snowflakes here 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 in a little bit. I promise you that because I got a tangent in me. Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> well, right, is, is, is it about this latest trend? Well, Where they're writing they're writing fuck Trump on toilets and licking the toilet.
0: Are these the same people that were eating Tide Pods a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, and now these are the people that want to tell
1: us about fucking uh, how how we should structure the Constitution.
0: Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, Let's talk about another group of uh, uh, really, really bad creative. And uh, this one makes me sad because I'm very much looking forward to this match. And that's AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, We talk about not learning from previous mistakes. They give us Nakamura versus Rusev. Again, why? We, we all said this was a terrible idea the first time they did it. Why in the world would you do this again? I think this is again, you know, it's this is one of those
1: things that it's not their decision to get him into that baby role. They didn't want him over like this. So, oh yeah, we'll keep giving them to you, but we're going to give them to you in the worst possible way. And then when it does fizzle out, oh, see, we told you I, this is one of those things that because of their egos and because they have their agenda, they're they're ignoring what could
0: potentially be best for business. How are you feeling about Nakamura and Styles?
1: I, I got to be honest with you. At this point, there's no heat. I, I don't care. Uh, that's why what, that's what I kept saying, you know, we should have been showing shades of the chaos within Nakamura. Uh, there is no heat. There's really no interest. You know, a couple glances between the two uh, going in that, that you just like this is a respect or, you know, you just want to prove who's the, the better competitor. This is doing nothing for me here. We need something to really heat up this program. And at this point, what do we have got? We've got two episodes left. Yeah. Uh, I. It's going to they're going to be hard pressed to to really, you know, get something on track that's going to grab the casuals and the throwbacks that are coming in for this. I mean, and even, and I'm sorry, I keep hearing dream matches. This could steal the show. Uh, again, I mean, it's delusional thinking. This match is barely on management creatives radar. They're just running it out there to, to uh, not even appease. I, I think,
0: you know, just more to work the sparks. Yeah, we gave you what you wanted. Now, what are you complaining about? Cheer Roman Reigns, damn it. We gave you what we wanted. That's what it's all about. It's all about the Roman agenda. Copyright BRV. Uh, let's, let's talk about something else that was overly campy coming from Monday Night Raw. Although I did enjoy the end of this thing. And that was uh, the John Cena promo calling out The Undertaker. Looking for a sign from The Undertaker. A yes, no, kiss my ass, go to hell, whatever. Just give me a sign, Undertaker. And he stands out there and he talks trash about The Undertaker for about 10 minutes. And then what happens? Kane comes out and chokeslams John Cena. I was watching this in a dark room all by myself at work. And I'm listening to John Cena just sit here talking shit and talking shit and talking shit. And Kane comes out and I literally, in a dark room by myself, screamed out, grab that motherfucker by the throat. And at that time, Kane grabbed that motherfucker by the throat and choke slammed him. This is exactly what it should have been. You're gonna stand out here and talk shit about my brother for ten minutes? I'm gonna come out here and grab you by the fucking throat. That's how I took this. Is that what you took from it?
1: I I, I don't know. This whole promo, this this whole direction they're going with Cena, he's coming off more of is like um, what's the old MTV show like? Where like the little. Bitchy brats like my sweet sixteen or my super sweet sixteen. Oh my god, he, he's coming off as like a little e- entitled, rich valley girl to me. You know, he's he forced himself into every possible situation to to get you know his road to WrestleMania to find his way to the big show. Uh, yet he failed in each opportunity, and now he's out there throwing a temper tantrum. You know, just trying to get his way. Uh, to me, it's just a total. It's the wrong direction you should be going with him. It's just the wrong message to and vibe to give off with where John Cena is as a
0: brand. Well, I think and, the problem, and I think the disconnect is everybody wants to see this match. I, I everybody wants to see John Cena versus the Undertaker, and everybody knows that everybody wants to see John Cena versus the Undertaker. John Cena was out there working his ass off Monday night just trying to do anything to give you something to cut together a video package because we don't care about the creative. We just want to see this match. We want to see the two legends throw down at WrestleMania. That's all that anybody cares about. And they're trying to give it a creative direction.
1: I I, I guess I'm on the other end of this, man. I, I think they completely missed the boat with what could have been a very compelling story. It could have been a very hot program going in. And now they're just going with some lowest common denominator booking. They're just throwing whatever shit out there. Cena's out there throwing temper tantrums. It's he Now, it's like in his promos, he's just yelling. Uh, I'm not really picking up any substance to to what he's presenting. And for me, with two Rawls to go, and we've yet to see anything from Undertaker, uh, I, I'm completely uninterested.
0: I expect next week we get John Cena versus Kane, and then you will get your response from The Undertaker. That's what yeah, I expect. I,
1: I, I'm, and I'm actually hoping... Uh, but I think in I, I, I can't remember. I was having a conversation with someone, and they're explaining, "Well, this is how the story's going." I said, "I understand how the story's going. It's still a pile of dog shit." Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and we've already we've already had this. You know, they're like, "Well, uh, well, as you know, he's throwing up the challenge." And what what keeps you interested and and keeps you you know wanting more is Undertaker going to show up? I, I've seen this a couple of times. That's kind of like the story they have with him now. You know, that was the whole basics of the Bray Wyatt program going into WrestleMania.
0: No, what keeps people interested is reality and emotion like Daniel Bryan gave you on Tuesday. If they gave me that for five hours every week, I would actually stay awake for Monday Night Raw and Tuesday Night Smackdown. As it is, I just roll over and go to sleep. So let's move over to the Jersey Mike segment presented by Kleenex. Introducing
2: new softer Kleenex tissues now in prettier packages sometimes a little change can make
0: a big difference kleenex softer prettier rick what the fuck were they thinking why in the world what's that
1: i I was gonna say you know we just talked about two two matches that uh on paper they should be amazing It, it should be you know these are dream matches these, these are blockbusters these are huge marquee and we're going right down the line here and this is another one that I completely am uninterested in
0: why in the world do you let Natalia Neidhart pin Charlotte Flair even off a distraction finish three weeks before Wrestlemania when she's getting ready to go face Asuka why in the world would you do that
1: I have so many issues here you know why are we getting nothing with Oscar?
0: Why that, is Oscar still on raw? That's my number 1 question. Why the fuck is Oscar still on raw?
1: That that was my that was, you know, my biggest complaint with this just going into maybe not, you know, Smackdown. If, yeah, this would be my biggest complaint with this show is we're not doing anything to further what is and should be a very, very hot program between um your Smackdown Women's Champion, My Fresh Shark Shark and and Oscar, who is you know arguably one of the, the hottest talents in the company for the you know the last few years, uh, we're getting and we're getting nothing from it. Instead, uh, you know, and, and then I but then I thought you know what maybe we'll we'll get a great exposition ex- between Charlotte and Natalia. Uh, we know they can go in the ring. They have some good chemistry. Very two very talented individuals. I was expecting, and I and as the match kept going, you know, I was like, "Man, these guys are getting a lot of time." I kind of like this. They're highlighting them there, and then they're going to have Charlotte go over to show, you know, how dominant she is. You know, she is the superior being; she is the alpha. Then, then, in typical fashion, um, I, I began to to worry quite a bit, and then I started having some visions that. I think we could be in for disaster at WrestleMania.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of starting to lean that way a little bit too. Uh, this is this is another one of those like, how did we miss on the Daniel Bryan and Miz thing? Oscar was in the fucking building. She was in the building. She was competing after SmackDown at the Mixed Match Challenge, and you don't have anything with Charlotte and Oscar in the same frame on camera on SmackDown. But instead. You do a worthless match with your women's champion and Natalia all to advance a story with Carmella? Well, here is my my my
1: fear. They're trying to keep Carmella in your eye. They're trying to keep her relevant right now. And we go back, we heard that rumor that the plan or they're thinking about is having her cash in at WrestleMania and lose. She could interject herself into this match. They could be Th- this is my feeling.
0: They're going to do they're Seth Rollins seeing, 2.0. But they're going to do Seth Rollins.
1: They're going to have her lose. But this is their way of protecting both of these talents,
0: which it's not actually going to
1: protect them. Sure, you prevent, you know, one from taking a major loss. But what you're ultimately doing is completely, completely just taking a massive dump over what could be a, a truly, you know, great moment in WrestleMania history and all because you're afraid to pull the trigger and you have nothing, you have no idea what to do going forward here with this money to bank Carmela.
0: Right. I'm starting to wonder at this point, if Oscar wins at WrestleMania, is she just taking the SmackDown women's title to raw? Like why in the fuck is she on raw? She would have to.
1: And I, that was a, a closure moment. I know where we're going to get to a little bit of that there. I think that was just, to close some stuff out, but oh, uh, it was just, I mean, how terrible was that? But I mean, I could actually see, you know, Carmella is going to put herself into this match, either Char- and she's going to take the pin. Oh, so, you know, that, that lets idea. Charlotte retain or, or I could see a, a switch going where, you know, Carmella pins car, you know, or Oscar pins Carmella to take the championship. And then we see Charlotte going to roll shortly
0: thereafter. Do they, do you really think that they could break, Oscar's streak by having charlotte pin carmella well in their minds they'll just dip the twist that oscar hasn't been beaten hasn't you know they
1: can still say she hasn't been beaten because she hasn't been pinned or whatever bullshit it, she,
0: if, well, she, if she's in a match and she you loses, know you know in their she's mind, not unbeaten you know in their mind that's how, how they'll twist it this is this is the same reason that i said oscar had to win the rumble because if she's in the match she has to win it; otherwise, the streak is over. That's that's where I stand with it.
1: Well, you know, it's you know, and they all you know, a lot of people see WWE. they they are, they will they will be sometimes smart enough to realize that they speak to unde, unde, like they'll say undefeated, unbeaten streak. They don't really, and then fans will say, "Well, she's unbeaten in WWE." No, she lost a tag match before; she just wasn't pinned. It's all in how you word it, and they'll try to put that over. If it would happen that way.
0: Let's talk about the other women's title, which I don't even want to talk about because I don't think it's worthy of WrestleMania. I don't even think it's worthy of Monday night raw. And that is Alexa bliss versus Nia Jax. Um, This program is so bad that Kurt angle literally said on Monday night raw, he is going to give Nia Jax a title shot at Wrestlemania. She hasn't earned a title shot at Wrestlemania. She doesn't deserve a title shot at Wrestlemania. This is a fucking handout. We're going to give Nia Jax a title shot at Wrestlemania because we feel bad for poor fatty Jax. Fuck off. This is terrible. This is a five second match. Nia Jax punches Alexa Bliss, sits on her. The match is over. That's the end of this match. This is god This isn't worthy of being on main event, not the main event, the show main event. This, this right here, this
1: really is, this is WWE's after school PC special. This is garbage.
0: As Ben Uh, Hameen would say, this is fucking rotten.
1: I would say, you know, the only thing really missing from this program is Tina Fey as a guest referee. Uh, And Tim Meadows in his wife beater with a baseball bat is the ringside enforcer. Uh, This is, this has mean girls written all over it. This is the, this is the don't pick on the girl. That's different. She's still beautiful. We still have to recognize her for these things. Yada, yada, yada. I, I get the story. I get where they're going with it, but it's, I mean, it's disgusting. And, I get a lot of stuff because I, I am very harsh on Naya. You know, to me, I believe me, I respect everyone in this business. I I, I love their contributions, their sacrifice, their commitment. Except for her. That's because uh, she doesn't the, have the, any of it. She's the one that could go she could go away. She she represents uh, you know, completely what I just find so deplorable about, you know, the leftist minded individuals. You know, she she takes certain since she's oh she's the always the woe me sort of individual. She she takes any issue in terms into some kind of personal attack or, you know, if she's doing the simplest of tasks or the simplest of activities, you know, it's supposed to be, she tries to conjure it up in some sort of, you no know, grand act where, she, you know, we should feel sorry for her or, or sympathy towards her or praise her. No, that's not how it is.
0: Nope. Nope. I, I got nothing for this match. I just do not. This is my piss break. Well, that's just from a storyline
1: perspective. What, you know, outside of some people said some mean things about her, what has she done? You know, back around rumble. She, she was in a love story where the only thing that we saw from her was, you know, serving up a uh, chicken noodle soup, taking care of her sick boyfriend. Uh, since then, she has only been able to go over on enhancement talent. She's been given opportunity after opportunity. She's come up short each of those times. How does that justify, you know, not just a shot at the championship, but at WrestleMania? You know, if if we're looking at it in a, in a Kfab sense and what's making sense logically for a story, if I'm Sasha Banks, I'm someone that just went in and set the bar in the Women's Rumble, who went right down to the wire in the elimination chamber, who, who pushed Asuka to her limits, you know, who's been going over on the top names in the division, I'm not sitting back satisfied with a battle royal. I'm in there asking Kurt Angle, where the hell is my opportunity? Why am I being overlooked here?
0: Oh, I'm sorry. What are we talking about? Or are we still on Jacks. the Nia, Nia and Alexa thing? I, you said something about Tina Fey as the special guest referee, and I just went into my own special world, man. I, I would. This would be the highlight of my WrestleMania if they gave me Tina Fey as a special guest referee. Tina Fey and Stripes enough
1: yeah. yeah see I, I think the better visual is tim meadows out there and his wife beater with the baseball bat i
0: don't know uh, just gotta for tina fey
1: sitting right sitting right there at the bottom of the ramp in uh,
0: the backward steel chair you know what tina fey versus tim meadows at wrestlemania is more fucking interesting than alexa bliss versus nia Jax.
1: you know and i've really and i know they had to get some bodies in that battle royal Uh, But I've been saying if they want this match to be, you know, technically from a technical aspect to be whatsoever entertaining, they needed to add some some other competitors. And I was looking at uh, Sasha and Bailey. Now that we know that they're not going to be involved here, and it doesn't look like anyone else is going to be involved. This is going to be a standard one on one contest. This this could possibly go down as one of the worst matches in WrestleMania history.
0: Yeah, I agree. I I expect uh, this match to take place after Daniel Bryan's return. This will be the cooldown match because nobody's going to give a shit. Uh, let Let's go ahead and talk about Sasha and Bailey. Uh, w- w- like you were saying, uh, Sasha kind of stooged off that she's going to be in the uh, WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal uh, during, during her little promo with Bailey. Uh, this is kind of where I'm at with this. It's taking too long I I am all for a slow burn but at this point it's become a mystery novel who's going to turn is it going to be Bailey is it going to be Sasha is it going to be Bailey is it going to be Sasha at this point all they have managed to do is make them both unlikable yeah I think it's a case of overbooking yeah, they've completely they're, overbooked. They're it.
1: trying to keep people so much on their toes with what's going on here. And believe me, I've, I've been a huge proponent for the slow burn. I don't think we need it on television every week. And with them kind of forcing that, they're they kind of booked themselves into a situation where they do have to keep some twists and turns coming here. They, they should have pulled back a little bit, and now they've got themselves to a point where it's almost like it's confusing. And when when you were in when you're telling a story and you start confusing the audience. They just turn on the whole thing completely.
0: Yep. Yep. Um, And and I'll take this back all the way to the Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens thing. This is why Sami Zayn is going to be the one to turn on Kevin Owens. I'm telling you, Sami Zayn is going to be the one to turn on Kevin. Kevin Owens is the one that's pissed off. Sami Zayn is the one that's hurt. That works. Sami Zayn is going to become the evil one. That's going to be the swerve. Here, I just don't care. Just turn one of them. I don't care because at this point all you're doing is you're hurting both Bailey and Sasha, making them both unlikable to the point I almost wanted Absolution to win this match, and we all know how much I give a shit about them. Hey, you know,
1: talking, speaking of though with Kevin and Sammy, dude, how awesome would it be if they opened SmackDown with El Generico and like his cousin like El Guablo?
0: I would just pop walk, so fucking hard.
1: No, I mean, no, just, but just have him walk through the crowd like Roman Reigns did and just grab a microphone
0: and start talking. You know, the I, I I just remembered what it was I was gonna bring up earlier when I forgot. Is it a little too close to the Johnny Gargano thing? Like the similarities in the stories where, oh, you're fired, you can't be here. Like I and then we drew in the same thing with Roman on Raw. And now on SmackDown, we've got Owens and Zayn fired. It's like, this is the one storyline we can do.
1: Well, I, I kind of, I thought that. And I wanted to spend a little more time just, I, I guess, going to, you know, my, my specials place. And really just taking it all in to see what I can make of it. Yeah, I mean, how are we going to get around this firing? I mean, because we can't really go with an unsanctioned fight because we're going to have that two nights. Prior in NXT. Right.
0: Yeah. It, it almost feels like they're booking themselves into a corner here. Like, you know, uh, we, we've been talking about how the intercontinental and United States title, how the situations are very similar. And it's very similar. Like we're going to have the same match. You know, we get absolution on raw. We get the riot squad on SmackDown. Well, now we're even involving NXT. We've got Roman is suspended on raw. We've got Zane and Owens fired on SmackDown. We've got Gargano is, is banned from NXT. Like we, we've got the same damn story going everywhere. Well, I, I wonder,
1: you know, cause uh Rogue dog's been under a lot of heat lately. Uh, you know, we got the hashtag fire rope dog uh, people coming at him left and right, you know, attacking him on Twitter for how, how down SmackDown has been, you know, maybe he knows he's got a program here. That's going to be of, of great importance to Vince. Uh, anything involving Shane, you know, that's 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 high priority or is that so and then in turn, he realizes, especially this time of year, Vince probably doesn't have any idea what's going on in NXT. So he's just like regurgitating the stories he's seeing on Wednesday, and pitching them to Vince and God damn it, pal. I love it. Let's run with it. It, it, it could be working.
0: Well, uh, this is a, a rant. All right. And because and, this this scares me a little bit. This damn women's battle royal, man, right? So first we had the fabulous moolah attached to it, and uh, the the IWC kind of turned on it, went after the sponsors, Snickers ends up getting the name of the goddamn thing changed, and now yesterday we have this bullshit with Ryan Satin happen where he sends his little social justice warriors after Vince Russo gets Russo pulled off a of Podcast One. We're, we're playing with fire here. Now what? Every time somebody does something that we don't like, Ryan Satin and the social justice warriors are just going to take to Twitter and get it fucking changed? We're playing with fire. And this isn't just a wrestling thing. This is a whole freaking society thing. Now, I'm almost to the point I wish they wouldn't have changed the name of the fucking fabulous Moolah Battle Royal.
1: Yeah, you know, it, it, and what's so discouraging about this is there was legit reason behind the MOLA
0: situation? Yep. But now that we've gave them that goddamn clearance, now they're taking it and just going to extremes with it. And now that, that well, the problem is once you kind of
1: get into this left mindset, they don't see the differences, or they can't draw the lines between the severity of certain situations. You know, you can run down, and I heard there was countless. You know, re, You know how how Moolah had treated the women that had worked for her. Well, that was part of the business. then. you know, she was going to get a booking fee. She wanted her cut. She was like the whole, you know, the financial window things that didn't bother me at all. That's part of the business. It was, it's a scumbag business. Uh, When you got into the human trafficking, yes, that's where you draw the line. Uh, Now, but now to, but they take something like that. And now they see the next target. And it happens to be Vince Russo here, Who this was like an innocent comment, correct?
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Russo actually put up a show for about an, uh, that's about an hour long explaining this entire situation yesterday. But, you know, as I, as I was hearing this situation and how it was developing yesterday, my first thought was, this is how the Moolah Battle Royal got changed too. Once we give them that precedent, they're just going to run with it. This problem is just going to get worse and worse and worse.
1: Well, and I, I see now, though, that there is a movement a petition that's going to be distributed to the sponsors of the pro wrestling sheet to hopefully, you know, to sway their support of one. Mr. Ryan's at.
0: Yep. And, and now, and now even our pro wrestling has become Washington DC and we're all walking around comparing our cock size. That's what this is going to become stupid.
1: I, you know, it's just, uh, you know, going forward, I don't care if we ever discuss the gentleman again, I really think you see individuals like him; they get the recognition uh, from a journalistic standpoint in in this in the world of professional wrestling, and that is a complete joke to me.
0: Yeah, call, uh, calling calling these TMZ reporters journalists is you know he
1: he does nothing but stir the shit. Yep. Um, he has even when he does break a story, uh, he provides no substance, no value. He gives you you know nothing really to take home with it. He is pretty much just a piece, a piece of shit, uh, headline distributor, and for him to to be glorified and put in a position on a platform like that, it, it's just disgusting. You know, and I want to say, you know, you know, thankfully we have an association with the com who takes a different approach to to reporting the world of professional wrestling. Uh, it's it's a relationship that I'm very proud that we have because you know our friends Ryan and Michael over there they. They hold their staff to a higher standard. Um, they're they're giving you how you know they're giving you the real stories. They're giving you real insight. They're giving you real intrigue. They are the real journalists in this in in this world of professional wrestling. Not these pieces of shit like Ryan said.
0: So let's uh, talk about Ronda Rousey a little bit. Uh, we we we've seen what happened in Dallas, even though it didn't necessarily air on Raw. It was a WWE.com exclusive. Uh, she comes out in front of the crowd, runs around, gives high fives to everybody like a, a celebrity mark. And uh, then she gets in the ring and she says hi to everybody. And she's interrupted by Dana Brooke. And then we have this whole little sequence where Rousey drops Brooke. Uh, where are you at with this Ronda Rousey package so far? I, this is terribly missing all the marks for me. I do not care about Stephanie McMahon, Triple H versus Kurt Angle and Ronda Rousey, and we are three weeks out from WrestleMania.
1: Well, I think the reason that maybe you're having trouble connecting with it is they they've gone they've gone overboard exposing her weaknesses far too early. Uh, they kind of gave away somewhat of the payoff within you know the first what 48
0: hours of this thing. Wait, are we talking about Ronda Rousey or Shinsuke Nakamura? I guess both. Yeah. I mean, this is how they dropped the ball with Nakamura when they called him up to begin with.
1: Yeah. They, they just, and I, you know, I, I, there are some negatives to take away from that package. Uh, again, you know, what we've talked about from day one with her, stop presenting her like a mark. Uh, she needs to, she needs to be approaching this as a serious business. She, she needs to be letting us know that, you know, she, she wants to be more than just an MMA fighter. She wants to be a superstar. This is important to her. And she's going to approach it in the same manner. Or, you know, not even the same manner, but with a bit more intensity. And we're going to see a very fierce Ronda Rousey, which they keep presenting her as a freaking mark here. Uh, there were some bits of the package I did like. She, she did get a little serious at times. Uh, I thought maybe the overall agenda behind it and push was a little too much uh, women's evolution driven. Uh, I think there was some really PC like underlining tones in there that I really didn't buy. But you know where were these packages from the get go? Right. This is how you should have been building her.
0: Yep. And where in the hell is Stephanie and Hunter?
1: At, at least we should be getting something from them. Uh, as much as they like to play off their social media and they like to use all those trends, we we, we should have been getting something.
0: We should have got something. I expect we're going to get them next week, wouldn't you? Well, good God, I would hope so. We're going to be two weeks until Mania. Well, I, I could see them waiting until they go home. I, I mean, you know, there's two people inside of this program that I would trust with a microphone in their hand. And neither one is Ronda Rousey or Kurt Angle. And we haven't heard from Hunter and Stephanie in weeks now. This whole right. program is just
1: flat. Well, they're just going off of, hey... We got the name. We don't have to do anything with it. I, I don't know if Creative went, you know, went on vacation. Are they on spring break? Uh, I don't know. This, what the mean, this hell is, they're doing? You know, especially this time of year. And I, I know. I, actually, I think it is. I mean, they're bad. The creative direction in that company and however it's structured and the group of yes men. I, and I'm sure they've got some great minds. There's probably people that want to try some things. They just can't get an okay on it. They're just getting cut off at the head. And, and they're just living off of the WrestleMania brand. Oh, you know, it's if if we announce it, if we build it, they will come sort of deal.
0: Well, and I feel like it's it's the same thing for everything else that we have on the on the WrestleMania rundown at this point. I mean, Miz, Balor and Rollins. Miz was breathing fire on the mic, but Balor Club versus Miz Taraj, Seth on commentary all fell flat. Orton, Mahal and Rude. It was fine, but it's all paint by numbers shit. Braun Strowman. We know that he's going to have a partner and this week he wrestled Cesaro, but we didn't find out who the partner is. And next week, I'll bet you anything. He wrestles Sheamus. Like it's all, it's just, it's such basic paint by number shit that, you know, Orton Mahal, and rude. I expect that will be a, a very solid C plus match at WrestleMania, Ms. Balor and Rollins. There's the potential there to steal the whole freaking show. I'm sure the match is going to be good, but the creative going into it, crap. At this point, we're going to be what? Three weeks out to WrestleMania. I should know who Braun Strowman's partner is going to be, it, but we're going to play mystery with it. And then we're going to build it next week until we're going to get some payoff. That's probably going to be like big show. And we're all going to go, uh, you know what, you know, it's, well, you know, it's, you know, we got the big rumors out there, Joe or Lashley. And I think
1: that this, they're thinking this thing is so far down. You know the card when it comes to you know how we're stacking up importance. Uh, they might be looking at it as like last year, like oh, we know we had that surprise with the Hardys and the tag match. It got that great pop. I wouldn't be surprised if they hold if we they hold us out until Rumble. It's not like someone's going to be like, oh, I'm not going to watch Mania because I don't know who Braun's partner is. This just adds a little intrigue to it.
0: Yeah, it's just, it, but it just feels flat to me. Yeah, really this entire card. Like, I know this show is gonna be good, but you know, Cena Nakamura, Cena or er, Styles Nakamura, Cena Undertaker, Charlotte Asuka, Bliss Jax, Rousey deal, Ms. Balor Rollins, the US title deal. Like, there's gonna be some good matches here. It's just the stories and the creative going into them are flat.
1: It's it's it's, they're just living off the brand. They just hope that because it's WrestleMania, you're going to tune in. And I and I and I do have a feeling, you know, they will get some casuals and some throwbacks because of some of the names on the car. Like you said, as you run down this thing, it looks pretty cool. Um, But if you've been along for the ride and you're hoping to get invested and care about what's going on, they have done very little. um, They've done very little to show that they care about you as as a true fan.
0: No, the biggest thing on this card is the return of Daniel Bryan.
1: And it makes me wonder, you know, if they've known about this for a while, with how flat the excitement is around this around this WrestleMania, was this, uh, you know, that Hail Mary, hey, we need to get something to get this thing going.
0: Got to do something. Got to do something. Well, let's go ahead and uh, we'll throw it over to a word from our boy Stevie Richards, kick it to the musical break, and uh, we'll be right back, talk some uh, New Japan Cup, a little bit of Ring of Honor, and uh, yeah, we'll be back. this is stevie richards i'm here to tell you you don't necessarily need all this equipment to get in the best shape of your life all you need is this a resistance band i'm so excited to offer the 12-week resistance band training program to you which features an interactive pdf with full overview videos modifications descriptions of all the exercises scalability no matter what fitness level or what age you are the PDF scales the workout to you. Also, after your instant download of the PDF, you get full direct email support right from me, as well as access to a Facebook group with an awesome interactive community. I can't wait to help you take control of your fitness journey. So just put in StevieRichardsFitness.com, go to the store and download the 12-week resistance band training program.
1: Hey, what's going on, guys? This is the
0: T-Smashing, jaw-cracking kid from the east side of Cleveland, Ohio, Shane Taylor. And you're listening to my Ohio brother, RBV, and that bully club, Mark Jargo, in the locker room. So that was the Eagles with life in the fast lane. Rick, you, you just broke some news to me, and I'm sitting here freaking dumbfounded. Yeah, I was going to say, just uh just through the feed over in the Hameen Media
1: Discussion Group on Facebook, Uh, Our good friend over there, William Alessia, uh, he shared some news from the PWInsider.com. They've learned that conversations are underway for Hogan, 64 years old, to return to the company. Uh, Apparently, discussions began several weeks ago, but it looks like uh, the return could be happening any time now. They also go on to speculate that a, a potential role for Hogan could include... Uh, becoming the authority figure of SmackDown Live, which would kind of play in with—oh my god! With Shane taking a leave of absence, oh and, my god. and now you know the possibility of Daniel Bryan with a full-time return to the ring. Uh, there's also speculation. Uh, you're going to love this one, man. Uh, also speculation that he could be the tag team partner of Braun Strowman at WrestleMania.
0: Oh, for fuck's sake!
1: Uh, then there's also talk that this could potentially have some kind of tie-in with the uh, the greatest Royal Rumble uh, to take place over in Saudi Arabia.
0: After this Mullah thing, do they really think this is a good fucking idea? I mean, we were just talking about the social justice warriors. We were just talking about this, and we're going to bring back Hulk fucking Hogan.
1: Uh, let's see here. WWE uh, responded to PW Insider's request for comment. Uh, they said, this is from WWE. We, we have had discussions with Terry. Uh, we've had discussions with Terry about how he can help others learn from his mistakes. However, he is not under any contract at WWE. Uh, so it looks, I mean, there are, there now are admitting that there are conversations between the two sides. Uh, you know the timing, as you said, this this is a little odd, especially with the backlash that they just received from the the great mullah. Uh, and I think you know there might be a. I think you could probably get this thing by because Hogan has been apologetic. Uh, we do live in a society where if you have the opportunity to say you're sorry, uh, you're usually you know ex- eventually welcomed back with those open arms. Uh, as for these potential roles, uh, no, thank you. Yeah. nope. You know, <laughs> nope. I, I'm okay with you know Hogan having some kind of role with the company. I think there is some value in in one of those, and I'll use this very loosely, I guess, ambassador roles. Uh, but I think you know he is recognizable, and I and I think he can bring some worth. Uh, but I just don't see him as a weekly on air character. I just, I I don't think people are going to bite on
0: it. The only role that I see for Hulk Hogan inside of the WWE at this point. And and I'm being 100% genuine, even though we all know how much I hate Hulk Hogan. All right. The only role I see for Hulk Hogan is doing guest spots on the network, like table for three, the, the, the DVD interviews, commentaries, shit like that. Yeah. I I
1: see that. And, you know, maybe like when they have like, um, like the specialty roles where they bring back. Yeah, some of the you know the heroes of yesterday. But
0: if you seriously, if you're going to bring Hulk Hogan onto a recurring role on WWE TV at this point, after this moolah thing, what a terrible idea! I, I don't,
1: I don't even care about you know the moolah backlash. I just think that his presence on camera has, it's, been, it's just been, it's gone downhill so much over the last few years. Uh, you know, I'm just imagining like another bumbling Kurt Angle out there. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Or you know, hey, you know, history. Everything's coming full circle here with Daniel Bryan. Uh, Maybe, maybe they're they're pulling an old rib on Hogan here, and they say, "Yeah, uh, we need you at WrestleMania 34. Book your flight now for the Silver Dome."
0: (laughs) If you haven't seen pictures of the Silver Dome, Google it, because. Yeah, it's it's pretty sad. Uh, let, let let's go over to the land of the rising sun, Rick. I'm excited to talk about this with you. Uh, let's let's talk about New Japan Cup, and I, I I'm going to now refer to New Japan Cup 2018 as the Zack Saber coming out party. Um, Zack Saber Junior, the your your winner of the New Japan Cup. Uh, let let's go ahead and Rick. What's your initial thoughts? on uh, the, the Tanahashi versus Zack Sabre Jr. match and Zack Sabre Jr. winning the New Japan Cup.
1: Well, you know, it's just... I I, wa- I want to say I wasn't surprised because at, to this point, it seemed every round, you know, it was we'd have a conversation about this, like, this has to be the end for him, right? Incredible yeah. Cinderella run, but this has to be the end. And as he kept winning... I, I, that's what I say. I want to say that I that I'm not surprised here, but I'm still surprised that they actually put him over in this
0: thing. Yep, this was one of those every time Tanahashi went for a pinfall. Oh, that's it. Oh, that's it. Nope, that's it. Nope. Zach Saber Jr. over strong. So inside of this tournament, he pins Tetsuya Naito, Kota Ibushi, Sonata, and Tanahashi. And this guy's not even under New Japan contract. He is now going to face Kazuchika Okada April 1st at Sakura Genesis. I I was on this show and I talked about, you know, the the different options here. And I I ruled this one out immediately. I was going to say, this was the first one you kind of dismissed. You were looking at, okay, what really makes
1: sense for him going forward. But, hey, he's he's on a hot streak now, so why
0: not, man? Hey, swing for the fences. Yeah, why the hell not, right? So, it'll be one year basically to the day since the Cassatori Shibata match, the, except this time it's going to be Kazuchika Okada defending against Zack Sabre Jr. And when I I look at the list of all the people that Okada has defeated, once again, I'm looking at this match on paper saying, there's no way Zack Sabre Jr. is going to win this match. Should I just prepare myself now for Zack Sabre Jr. walking uh, around gonna... with the IWGP Heavyweight Championship? i
1: have good. That's what I'm gonna say, you know. As we're looking through the New Japan Cup, and we kept saying, "This has to be it." What a run! What a Cinderella story! There is no way in hell this happens, is there? There's no way
0: he takes the top title. There's no way he he makes Tetsuya Naito tap out. There's no way he's gonna to come to a referee stoppage with Kota Ibushi, and this and this show goes down April 1st. April 1st.
1: Man, you talk about a hell of an April Fools!
0: Man, should I should I seriously be preparing myself for the 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 very thought of Zack Saber Junior. walking around with this title? Is is the book going to pull the biggest rib on April Fools? I, I I can't imagine, you know. And I I guess I I gotta give the MVP of this tournament to Tetsuya Naito. Which, when you say that, makes absolutely no sense. But, I mean, number one, Naito actually tapped out to Zack Sabre Jr. That's something that... It, that's like going to John Cena and saying, you're going to tap out tonight to this new kid that we just brought in. Really? But Naito, before the tournament comes out and he says about Zack Sabre Jr., what's, what's he up to now? Has he even been around?
1: Hey, we couldn't even get Cena to put over eight kids from Nexus.
0: Right. But I mean, Naito's even questioning, how did he even get into this tournament? You know, he even says in a quote, he says, I had no idea that he was even still here. I'm always checking New Japan's mobile site. I didn't see Zack. He has such little presence. Is he okay? Does anyone know? If he's just bored, you know, just come to Japan now. Make something happen. Because your opponent is Tetsuya Naito, the brightest and most delicious star out there. Make an impact. I would say that he made one hell of an impact. Naito for MVP of the tournament. He put over Zack Sabre Jr. before this tournament even started. I don't, I I cannot wrap my head around Zack Sabre Jr. all like 160 pounds soaking wet of him walking around with the IWGP championship.
1: There has been some major rumors, right? That they want to, they want to lock him down. They want to
0: make a major play with for him, right? Well, I think, I think they're making a major play here. That's for sure. I'm going to say, you know, we, we've got, this is going to happen on April Fool's Day.
1: Uh, it's actually, I was going to say it's April Fool's Day and Easter, correct? Yeah. I mean, this is, I mean. If,
0: but you also have to consider that, number one, Christianity is not the most popular religion in Japan.
1: No, I, I was just going to say, you know, from a global aspect.
0: And number two, uh, do the Japanese celebrate April Fool's Day?
1: Well, I mean, from a global aspect, you know, Zach Saber Jr. going over on Easter. Uh, it might redefine the holiday. I mean, that might top the resurrection of the, of
0: Jesus Christ. (laughs) Zack Sabre jr. Day. Yeah. I mean, the the guy's doing incredible stuff, man. And I, he looks credible out there. There, there's something about Zack Sabre jr. If you haven't watched too many of his matches where it's all about leverage, it's believable. You know, I'm, I'm watching him like work, work his submission style. And I'm, Trying to translate in my head, how how is he even going to work with Tanahashi? And it was believable because he's like a little freaking spider monkey. You can't get rid of the guy. I, the second he touches you, he has you in this crazy-ass submission hold that I can't even come up with a name for. Do, do you think that this is credible? Could you Can you see Zack Sabre Jr. beating these guys? I mean... He's like what, one hundred and sixty-eight pounds or something like that. I, I, you know,
1: this is one of those cases where it's all about how it's presented. And in each of these matches, they've been so well put together that it, it's believable. You know, it makes sense how he how he not only survived but has been, you
0: know, dominating his way through this tournament. One hundred and eighty-seven pounds for the record. One hundred and eighty-seven pounds. Six foot tall. One hundred and eighty-seven pounds. And I'm pretty sure that's soaking wet because there ain't nothing to Zach Sabre Jr. There's nothing to that guy. What, you, what what are you expecting out of Okada versus Sabre? You know, at this point,
1: uh, I, I don't even know really what to expect. I could see maybe Okada coming out winning this thing in like minutes.
0: I You uh, know what? But- I almost want to see Okada like choke him out. Okada's been using that new submission hold that's very similar to a million dollar dream. Choke him out. I think we will
1: get that in the end. But would you say how, how does how does that come out? What's he going to be looking like after this match? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I, mean if, if it shows, I, I have no if it idea. Shows, if it shows he's not really ready for that league to be with okada does it completely just
0: you know take apart everything he done through that tournament oh see i was looking at it from the other aspect i was looking at it as how is okada going to come out of this match what's he going to look like that's what i thought you were asking me um as as, as far as saber goes at this point i feel like he is a made dude I, okay. You, you, no matter what happens, no matter what happens, I think the mission of the New Japan Cup this year was how do we get a gaijin over in two weeks? And you you saw it, you beat four aces, basically. I Naito, you could absolutely make the, the argument that he is currently the ace of New Japan. Tanahashi, obviously. Ibushi, he could stake that claim. Sonata, I think we all see him as a potential ace of the future. Not currently, but as an ace of the future. It's one of those ace in the makings. Yeah. And Saber just went through all of them. That match with Tanahashi was really good. Um, I'm not sure that it was my favorite match of the tournament. Uh, Zack Saber Jr. versus Tetsuya Naito from the first round was incredible. Just the way that Naito was screaming, put over Zack Sabre Jr. Strong. I'm very interested to see how this is going to go. And, uh, we're not actually going to have to wait that long to find out. Uh, but before we jump into the strong style evolved card, uh, there was one other, uh, match of note off of the final show. And, uh, that was Juice Robinson and David Finley versus Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi, uh, not typically the match that we would be talking about on this show, but the important thing here was Juice Robinson actually pinned Hiroki Goto, who currently holds the Never Openweight title, which means Juice Robinson is going to get a title shot at Hiroki Goto. I almost expect this to happen April 1st at Sakura Genesis. Rick, we have been on this since about halfway through the G1 last year is this when juice robinson is going to finally break through and get his first taste of gold in new japan i say you know we're have been waiting for that moment he keeps knocking at the door
1: uh very well could could be coming again yeah, you know I'm, I'm sitting here looking at this like you know new japan man there's a uh, whitey is getting a push over there
0: yeah the gaijin's getting a push and they're not the bullet club gaijin's for a change which is which is a little bit different situation i'm I'm dying to hear a promo from Minoru Suzuki regarding Zack Sabre Jr. winning the new Japan cup, because I haven't heard anything yet, but I'm sure Suzuki had some wonderful words to say about Zack Sabre Jr. winning the new Japan cup, being a member of Suzuki goon. So, uh, and and we're actually going to get the two of them together at strong style evolved as a tag team. I am so excited. Uh, late last night, I saw it go up, the New Japan, Strong Style Evolved, Long Beach, California. This Sunday, the card has finally been announced. Rick, there is some awesome stuff on here, and there's one very, very big disappointment for me on here, and I'm sure you know what that is just in looking through the list of matches here. Uh, We will be doing a full preview of this card this weekend for Hitting the Marks. And uh, we also have another uh, special couple of treats coming up for you in the next week. We'll talk about here shortly. Uh, so Strong Style Evolved, lots of tag matches, but I think that's to be expected. It's a New Japan show. That's kind of what they do. This is not a, a big show inside of the New Japan microcosm. So you, you have Rapungi, 3 k Yo, Show, and Rocky Romero. Uh, taking on SoCal Uncensored, getting a little Ring of Honor uh, feel to this thing. Now the uh, six-man champions. Um, I almost feel like this is a way to just get a match with SoCal Uncensored on this show, just because of what's going on with Bullet Club and the influence from there. You kind of agree with that? Yeah,
1: I, I agree, and you know, it's it's a way to get some some more familiar faces. Uh, as you said, you know, kind of within the new Japan dynamic, this isn't a major show, but for their West, their Western expansion, I mean, this is it's a huge show. This is a big marquee event for them. Uh, and the more familiar faces you have, you know, it's just relatable, especially for you know those potential the pot- potential fans that are you know the fans are potentially on the fence about watching this program. Uh, they they can relate most certainly to Kazarian and Daniels, and I think this might be what you think maybe this opens or it's going
0: to this, this this is actually the order of the matches okay
1: as we're going to run okay. down. I, did, I didn't see the official listing of it, but i i did know that new japan is they'll let you know what what you can expect where it's going on on the show yeah uh, so i think this is a great opener
0: and it's going to be a high-flying match man you get scorpio sky and christopher daniels and show and yo and rocky romero all in there and you know kazarian's going to do something stupid Because that's what Kazarian does. But you'll just get like one super huge spot out of Kazarian. Um, I'm really looking forward to this match. I think this is going to be a lit opener. Then you move on to David Finley and Juice Robinson. Taking on Gato and Hiroki Goto. I wonder what's going to happen in this match. I don't know. Maybe Juice Robinson pins Hiroki Goto. This is how they advance their storylines through New Japan. Um, but rather than giving it to you one-on-one on on a show that doesn't necessarily mean a lot to them, they'll just put them in a tag match. Seems to make sense. Uh, I feel bad for this next match because it's going to be Chucky T and Toro Yano versus the Killer Elite Squad, Davy Boy Smith Jr. and Lance Archer. Um, I feel bad here because Toro Yano is obviously in Trent's position. This should be the best friends taking on Killer Elite Squad. Uh, Trent recently had surgery on his bicep. Sounds like everything went well, but of course he's going to be out for a while. Instead, we are going to get the dirty bastard himself, Toro Yano. This is going to be half comedy and half killer elite squad. Just beating the shit out of Chuck E.T. and Toro Yano is kind of what I expect. Are are you along the same lines? Yeah, I
1: think it's, I think it's, you know, this is another case. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing killer elite squad, big fans of theirs. Uh, I think it's just going to be just a little fun spot on the on the card. You're going to get some comedy and some just utter violence.
0: This weekend, you're going to have to turn me into a killer elite squad fan because they're, they're one of those teams that everybody tells me how freaking good they are. And I love Davey, but Lance Archer just does nothing for me. Does nothing for me. Uh, then we get probably the most intriguing matchup on this card for me. The Gorillas of Destiny are going to be taking on Marty Skrull and Cody. And as Tom put out on Twitter, Bullet Club is fine.
1: Yeah, this is immediately, this jumped right out at me. Uh, We got the OGs taking on the newcomers, right? Yeah. Cody and and Skrull, they're They're the the most...
0: They're the two newest members, I believe.
1: I I was going to say, you know, we've got the true OGs here uh, taking on... You know some personalities, especially in Cody, that has you know really been responsible for for causing this riff.
0: Oh man, I cannot wait for Tama Tonga to beat the ever loving piss out of Cody. Don't call him Rhodes. I cannot wait.
1: Uh, I you know even more going into this. I, I most certainly I am looking forward to this match and see how this plays out. Uh, but I'm expecting you know some more social media drops. From Bullet Club and the Manipulator Cody Rhodes, I'm, I'm curious to see you know what he's got up his sleeve to try to, you know, to convince Tonga that hey man hey,
0: this isn't about violence. This is I'm with you man. Poor Marty, I mean, Mar- Marty has already went gray. Jesus Christ, he might be bald by the time we're done with Supercard of Honor. Uh, then we get a- another match that is just going to be. If you want a New Japan Junior Heavyweight car crash, this is the match for you. You have Dragon Lee coming up from CMLL. Very happy to see him on this show. Uh, Then you have Taguchi, Kushida, and Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Los Ingobernables, Hiromu, Bushi, Sanada, me, Naito. This is going to be an absolute car crash of an eight-man tag match. But I get one of my favorite pairings in all of New Japan as Hiromu Takahashi and Kushida will be in the ring together at the same time and that is always awesome. Love those guys. Then we have probably the biggest disappointment on this card Jushin Thunder Liger taking on IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion Will Ospreay. Yes, that is a disappointment because it is not Rey Mysterio.
1: Yeah, you know, if we had a feeling that Rey was going to be out here. Yeah, I
0: was, I was throwing out suggestions left and right. Let's do this yeah, guy. Let's do this. You,
1: you were looking for like another, you know, big name from the past to fill this. I was looking for a young gun.
0: Never occurred to uh, me that Will Osprey should be well. I, I was pushing. I,
1: I I was pushing for hard for Dragon Lee, I, and I still wish that they would have left this um, a bit unknown and had a surprise. I think it just would have added. No matter who it was, if you would have had Ray somehow involved to announce his replacement during the show, uh, would have been a, a great moment uh, for you know for this event. Uh, especially how kind of how we approach professional wrestling, you know, as a, as the Western audience to have a couple of those surprises. I know that's, it's not, it's not usually the style for new Japan though, is it to do something like that?
0: Not typically, but what I would love to see them do strictly for the Western audience at this point is have will Osprey come out on Twitter and say, listen, I know that you're all disappointed. That you're not getting Rey Mysterio versus Jushin Thunder Liger in Long Beach. And I know that you're disappointed that it's gonna be me versus Jushin Liger. So here's what I'm gonna do I'm gonna take this title and I am going to put it on the line against the greatest junior heavyweight to ever walk the face of the planet. Jushin Liger, you want one more run as the IWGP junior heavyweight champion. This is your opportunity. This will be for the title. I would love to see them do that because I think everybody expects Liger to go over here with him being the legend in Long Beach. He he is here as the special attraction, not Osprey. If you put stakes on the line here, I think it makes it much more interesting. Agreed. Then we go to uh, another very interesting match on this card. Tomohiro Ishii, one of my personal favorite New Japan stars, and Kazuchika Okada taking on Zack Sabre Jr. and Minoru Suzuki. Rick, not only am I going to be on the same planet as Minoru Suzuki, he is going to be in the same country as we are. I will be locking all of my doors all day on Sunday, I will be checking under my bed. I will be looking in my closet. I will be looking over my shoulder the entire night. I do not trust Minoru Suzuki. The man scares the ever-loving shit out of me.
1: Well, you know, when we were at break, uh, just you know, wherever Quinn was hiding, where you couldn't find your little girl in the studio, that's where Suzuki's uh, gonna be. Well, no, I was gonna say you might you might want to enlist you know the help of Quinn there to help you find some hiding spots man. Uh, to make sure that you can ev- make sure that you're safe.
0: If, if you have never seen Minoru Suzuki wrestle, you need to tune in Sunday night and, and, and watch some Suzuki, because if you want somebody that's believable, it's Suzuki. Uh, I just wonder how many young lions are going to get the shit kicked out of them during this match. I'm going to go upwards of six. And they'll all be by Suzuki. But we also get to see Zack Sabre Jr. and Okada in the ring together for the first time. Obviously, this is how New Japan builds to their big singles matches. Do you expect very much contact here between Sabre and Okada? And if this is going to be a believable program, do you think Zack Sabre Jr. pins the champion here?
1: I was going to say, you know, we're just going back. You were talking about how, how some things work in the New Japan dynamic. Uh, I was going to say, I would be surprised if, if we see... Uh, Zach, get the pin on Okada here. Would not
0: surprise me at all. Then we have the U.S. Championship match. Jay White versus Hangman Page. This match is going to be awesome. I cannot wait. I have nothing else to say about it. This match is so going I was to be awesome. Say, it,
1: you know, I, I don't want to give, you know, going through this card, you said we are going to have a, a complete preview of this thing. Uh, usually when we do these things, especially with New Japan, you know, I, I play that role of us that kind of watch from afar. I've got a ton of questions for each of these matches that I'm going to save and hit you up with on, on Saturday to, you know, so you can enlighten the masses here in the hitting marks pro wrestling podcast.
0: And then of course we have the big money match for long beach. And that is the golden lovers versus the young bucks. I'm so torn. I, I, I'm, just I don't know what I'm gonna do as I watch this match. I don't know what I'm gonna do other than sit on I, the edge of my seat. And I was and, gonna say,
1: you know, it's just one of those that you you sit in awe. Uh, and as as I've been putting over, uh, you know, a lot of people were concerned that this is going down so early. Uh, we're not gonna get some kind of bigger build. Man, I I am just I am so ready for this to really just take. Everything going on as the Bullet Club turns, it just take it to the next level.
0: Yeah, I think this next month you are going to see the Bullet Club explode. Uh, so one other thing I wanted to touch on when it comes to New Japan, Rick, there are rumors of another New Japan show coming to the United States this July. And supposedly the venue that they have secured for this is the Cow Palace. I mean, it, it, when you when you say the Cow Palace to wrestling fans, that building goes back decades. And it also holds about 12,000 people.
1: I was going to say, you know, great history, uh, good size. How many? What's the capacity for this one? Are they just like right around at five, 7,000?
0: 2,500. Oh, Okay,
1: then. I, I was doubling what they have there. Uh, I, well, I expect that we're going to get an official announcement this Sunday. I would expect that would be dropped on the show, wouldn't you?
0: Is this a good idea? I mean, I, I, I understand it's great for New Japan, but boy, the American talent can't be very happy about this when they're trying to get all in going in Chicago to draw 10,000 seats. And now New Japan's gonna come over here and draw twelve in July. I don't know. I I, I think this uh, you you could see uh, some problems coming up backstage politically if this show happens. It's something to uh, kind of keep an eye on. Uh, let let's go ahead and let's let's shift over to uh, Ring of Honor because we have a, a couple of updates that I wanted to go over here with you uh, because I'm very very confused. I'm very, very confused here, Rick. Now, on the episode of Ring of Honor TV that is going to air this weekend, the kingdom had requested a championship match, and Bully Ray said no. You can't have a six-man championship match against SoCal Uncensored at Supercard of Honor. And then at the end of the show, he gave that title shot to the Young Bucks and Flip Gordon. And we were told that it was going to be a ladder match. The Young Bucks and Flip Gordon versus SoCal Uncensored for the six-man titles in a ladder match. And then this broke. And I'm very, very confused. Evidently, the Kingdom is getting a championship match at Supercard of Honor. And this comes to us from ROHwrestling.com. They, they they give the full rundown of what happened with the kingdom when they lost their six-man championships without ever really defending the six-man championships to the Briscoes and uh, Bully Ray. And now they're finally going to get their uh, long-awaited uh, uh rematch here. But on the Ring of Honor show, they said that it was going to be the Young Bucks, and Flip Gordon. I am completely confused at what's going on here, Rick. Do you have any ideas? I was going to say, I, I looked into this a little bit, and they're, really, they're not giving us too much.
1: I mean, it makes sense, you know, that, that they would finally be getting an opportunity to regain those championships. But uh, could there be, since, it was could there be a little bit of heat? You know, it was bullying the Briscoes that, that took those titles. Was there some kind of resentment there? Something lingering? Uh, Who made the call
0: in management? Did it go over someone's head? Obviously, the kingdom believes that there is a conspiracy going on here against the kingdom. Uh, For those who don't know, the trio dominated the six-man tag team uh, division until TKO Ryan broke his leg at 15th anniversary and a absolutely gruesome spot. It was an acai moonsault, cracked his leg on the barrier, broke it. And that was basically what happened there. And then the Briscoes and bully end up taking these titles. So I think there's only one thing that we got to do here, Rick. Well, I was going to say, you know, there's so many questions.
1: uh, I, I guess that we have, If there was only a way that we could go right to a source.
0: Well, I've I've made some calls and there's only one solution next week on this show. We are going to have TKO Ryan of the kingdom. Join us. And maybe we can finally get some light shed on this entire conspiracy. What's going on with Joe cough, bully Ray, what the issue is against the kingdom what is going on with this conspiracy? Because there's obviously something to this. I mean, you know, here at Hami Media, we got the conspiracy horsemen. It's time for us to put on our conspiracy hats. And uh, we're going to see if we can solve this with TK Orion next week, right here on Hitting the Marks. And then we also have a Women of Honor tournament update that we wanted to get out there for you because we now know the matches that we are going to get at Supercard of Honor. We are going to get Sumi Sakai versus tanil Dashwood. That is going to be our first semifinal. And then we are going to get everybody's pick to win this ding thing, Kelly Klein versus Mayu Iwatani. So these are the two matches that are going to be on the pre-show, correct? That's the pre-show. The semis on the pre-show.
1: And we're, we're going to crown the first Women of, Women of Honor champion actually on, on the main show.
0: So what are you thinking? Is it going to end up uh, your girl Kelly Klein versus I Tennille say, Dashwood?
1: There, there is only one way to go here. Klein and, and I Dashwood
0: mean, in the finals.
1: I think Klein and Dashwood, and the the only call is to go with with your homegrown talent here. The girl that you you brought to the main stage, it's got to be Kelly Klein.
0: I agree. I agree. I think Kelly Klein has to win this tournament. I think that she has to beat Tennille Dashwood. And Rick, I, uh, in making those phone calls and securing TKO Ryan, I thought, you know, maybe I could do a solid for you. And, and via those connections, we are going to have just a couple of weeks before she wins the very first Women of Honor Championship. Rick, I got your girl, Kelly Klein. She's going to be with us in the locker room this Monday,
1: brother. I am beyond excited. I know she she wasn't born, but she represents the five one three Cincinnati, Ohio. I was there from damn near her very beginning when she broke into this business. I was there for one of her first matches. I've seen some of the. I've seen her just evolve as a talent. Uh, you know, starting from she was just cutting her teeth to this incredible, incredible performer that she is now. I am, I am over the moon. Beyond excited, we we're actually going to have Kelly Klein on. And we are going, hey, we're going to be having an, an up close, in depth with a talent that's going to go on to become the first ever Woman of Honor champion. I mean, how exciting is that?
0: That's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I didn't think there was any way that we would get Kelly Klein for the show, but we got Kelly Klein for this show. You know why? Because we're good like that. So that's going to wrap things up for this episode. Uh, Rick and I will be back in your ear holes this Saturday as we do a full preview of Strong Style Evolved. Very much looking forward to that. Until then, you can find the show on Twitter at HTMPWPod, on Facebook at Hitting the Marks. Shoot us an email at hittingthemarks at gmail.com. As always, you can find me across all social media platforms at NotJargo. Please visit our friends, thegorillaposition.com. As they tell the stories of pro wrestling storytellers, of course you can find Rick and I over in the locker room this Monday with Kelly Klein at what is it? hackerhameen.podbean.com, Hameen Media. God, that that I always want to say podbean.com/hackerhameen, backslash but it's hackerhameen.podbean.com. It's so weird how they run their websites. Rick, how does Kelly Klein find you? Like I say you can find me across all social media at the real RBV
1: and right now we're getting ready to get out of here. I am getting geared up for the remainder of the Sweet 16, but I am more looking forward to that uh, to Monday in the Locker Room with the oh-so-sweet Kelly Clyde.
0: That's it for Rick and I right now. We'll be back in your holes this weekend. For now, we're off like a prom dress.
2: See ya! Point your fingers. Enable me. I don't give up. I'll be your back on. You'll be draping the blame on me I smell self-righteousness That's the bad guy Go! Come on Come on, the bad You're the bad guy, guy. 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 you never flame on that story or no Dwell deep down, on the self-close Can't escape the wrath on my for the man with the righteous blood. Never you be betraying the blame on me. I smell self-righteousness. That's the bad guy. Go. Your bitch and I lie. She was at home with me last night. I'll be your bad guy. No way! We'll be your bad guy! That's a very violent.